Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNXDetroitAtTheMajors.net. I'm Adam Hernandez. With me tonight is Eric Gilson. What's going on, Eric? What's up? Nothing much. I just, all of a sudden, I feel like really, really tired. I don't know why. You're pregnant. I'm pregnant? Yep. I know. My boobs are kind of hurting a little bit. (laughs) And I'm kind of moody, too. Like, I'm up and down, and I have to pee a lot. Maybe you have the diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not thirsty, and I don't have a white tongue, so... That's what you had, right? Yeah, that is what I had. <laughs> really thirsty to pee a lot, and my tongue's white. I remember that weekend too, when you <laughs> knew, when you knew you had diabetes. This is what he did, everybody. He knew he had he knew he had diabetes, or we call it diabetes because of Wilford Brimley. But he, I remember he was going. He was like, uh, "I'm going to go to the hospital on Monday. I'm going to the doctor on Monday to get tested. I know they're going to tell me I have it." So. This weekend, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, eat whatever I want, you know, just one last time. And what happened that weekend? I was just to the hospital. <laughs> Why did you go to the hospital? Diabetes. <laughs> because you were getting ready to die from for the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Then you did it again the second time. No, the second time my medicine stopped working because I actually got misdiagnosed. Yeah, that's right. But. Anyway, you know what? You might be my bitch of the year <laughs> for uh, for that little episode that you had the first time around. It's not the Batola. That was like that was two years ago. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was like last year. No, I got diagnosed in a, a senior year of high school. Whatever. So, whatever. You're still been my bitch for the last two years. Anyways, anyways, welcome everybody to Detroit Sports Weekly. Like I said, I am Ed Hernandez here with Eric Gilson. Phone lines are open, 734-259-4941, or you can text in at 248-429-7729. We're going to take you to 730 and lead you into a Grouty Radio. Coming up on uh, over at themajors.net, not here on uh, detroit.themajors.net, but now that you are on detroit.themajors.net or you may be listening on Facebook, you'll see that we have a new website. Woo! New website over at, uh, at the Majors Detroit. So um, check it out. It looks, you know, after you're done with the show here, if you're listening on Facebook right now, bring up another tab or bring up another window and uh, check it out. Look over it. I like it. looks pretty good. Make sure you like us on Facebook. You're the people who keeps the lights on here. That's right. Uh, Facebook.com slash the Majors X, where we have our fan question, Eric. We have our fan question up there. And that fan question this week for Detroit Sports Weekly is, do you think... Justin Verlander will win the AL Cy Young Award. Ooh, nice question. You like that question? Oh, yeah. Which, you know, that leads you to another question, too. It's, this isn't necessarily a fan question. We kind of piggyback off of it, and we'll get to this in a little bit. Do you think Justin Verlander can finally be considered an ace on this team because he is... Are we going to answer this right now? Well, we're going to answer it in a little bit. Okay. But, you know, that's for anybody out there that's listening right now and wants to call in, 734-259-4941. Text in with that one, 248-429-7729, or you can post that on our Facebook page, your answer, facebook.com slash X. So, again, like always, we're going to go ahead and get into our weekend rundown. Uh, we've got uh, no football still. No football still, but you know they're working on that. 
we're, when we get when we talk a little lines here, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention something to you about uh, about this whole NFL lockout because we don't have we don't have inside the huddle this weekend. Uh, but I I did hear something pretty interesting today about the NFL lockout, and you know we'll 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 integrate that into our lines discussion here in a little bit. Um, but tonight we've got the Tigers going against the uh, New York Mets, second game of that three game series. Tigers got bombed last night. They looked like fourteen to three. Daniel Schlereth gave up consecutive grand slams. When was the last time that's happened? I have no idea, but I was listening today and looking at stuff, and I guess the Mets haven't hit a grand slam in, in like, like two, two years. years. Yeah, so not very good. Tomorrow night, or tomorrow, are you going to this game tomorrow? Yes, I am. All right, Tigers, Mets, 105 starting that one. Justin Verlander gets the start against. The I'm going. Yep, against Mike Palfrey. 105 p.m. start on that. Fox Sports Detroit, 97-1, the ticket. You can dial it up. Um, then they've got an awesome series this weekend. Um, the Giants come. The World Series champions, New San Francisco Giants, come to town, start a weekend series, 7.05 on Friday. Um, let me see who's pitching. I wonder if Linscombe. Linscombe has to be pitching one of these. Baumgartner faces Penny on Friday. And then Saturday we've got... Uh, they aren't giving me the pitching matchups, but we've got a 7.05 start on Saturday. And these are from Comerica Park. And then we've got the Giants taking on the Tigers in the series finale, 1.05 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. We've got a three out of five chance that Litzkamp's going to start. Oh, man, that'd be a dream matchup there. Verlander versus Litzkamp. Verlander versus Lincecombe. But he's starting... He's starting... He's starting tomorrow, so that means he's probably not going to be going at all this weekend. He'll probably Verlander will probably start again on Monday against the Angels on the road. So we won't get to see uh, Lincecum Verlander, but we might be able to see Lincecum Max Max Scherzer. That might be pretty cool. Anyways, though, that's the that's the weekend rundown for the Tigers this weekend. Um, other than that, Eric, we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break. So this is Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNX Detroit. Majors.net. We'll be right back. This week's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. Gosh, Johnny, playing in the cave sure is neat. Oh, boy, a kitty cat. Sassy, the kitty cat's yelling. What, Sassy? It's not a kitty, it's a bobcat? Speaking of cats, you like to stress the importance of adopting cats from animal shelters? Over five million cats go into animal shelters every year? Millions of healthy cats to choose from. It's a shame more people don't adopt from shelters. This bobcat, Abby. Help, Sassy. Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow. What's that supposed to mean? Oh, nuts. Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt. 
Once upon a time, old Scrooge sat down before the fire. Ah, humbug. With great astonishment, Marley's ghost came through the heavy door and passed into the room. What do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. To read A Christmas Carol and other books online, go to www.read.gov. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile, and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNX Detroit at the Majors dot net seven three four two five nine four nine four one is the number for the open lines. You can text net two four eight four two nine seven seven two nine. We're gonna go ahead and get into a little bit of the Pistons draft. Uh, Pistons drafted this past Thursday, so day after we were on the air last week. I was extremely happy, Eric, with uh, with how this draft went down. Well, so was I. Uh, Brandon Knight falling to them at eight. I don't think anybody. I didn't see any mock draft where they predicted something like that happening. Um, I, I, I for all the mock drafts I looked up, I didn't look it up as nearly as many for the NBA as I do the NFL. Um, he was either going somewhere between two and five. Yeah, I had a, I every, every any mock draft that I saw, um, whether it be from Chad Ford of ESPN or anybody else, had Brandon Knight going in the top ten or have, having him going in the top five. Um, Pistons had their pick of Bismack Biombo at eight. Um, you know, you're also hearing some about Kemba Walker at eight. This just, um, this kind of just shows what happened in the NFL when. The, the quarterback run win. Oh sure, and this I mean, and this and is the, the, when um, what is it? Tristan Thomas was taken first. Tristan Thompson, yeah. yeah. Well, he was taken when well, he was taken fourth by Cleveland, which I thought was an extremely stupid move by. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you just saw the team start taking big men. Yeah, it was there was a run on big men, power forwards, within the first seven picks. Yeah, and. Well, not really, not the first seven pick, because Kyrie Irving went number one overall to Cleveland, but everybody knew that. It just reminded me of the NFL when the quarterbacks started going. Oh, sure. um, You had Blaine Gabbert going. You had uh, Jake Locker. You had uh, Minnesota. Taking Christian Ponder. Yeah, and that was a total panic move by... uh, by uh, Minnesota, then, but yeah, I mean, you're it just absolutely shows they have no faith in Tavares Jackson. <laughs> no, but um, this isn't inside the huddle. But <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that's I mean, that's exactly the reason why Brandon Knight dropped. And I am extremely surprised um, that and, he fell that far. And I've been looking up like draft grades, and people are giving the Pistons A minus A. The NFC, some people giving them Fs. I just because they're saying that. Brandon Knight's not going to be as good as people say he's going to be, and they don't need a combo guard. Okay, well, here's the thing against with that. 
first of all, Brandon Knight is a freshman. That may be the only knock against him is he hasn't spent enough time in college. But the thing is, though, is about Brandon Knight, that can work against the argument, too, because while he was at Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky isn't isn't Eastern Michigan here. Kentucky is a big-time college basketball school, mm-hmm. and he was recruited by John Calipari. And Brandon Knight was already taking big shots as a freshman at Kentucky on the big stage at the in the NCAA tournament. And he went to the Final Four. Yeah, you, and he went to the Final Four. Now, that alone, him taking big shots as a freshman is something that's very, very welcoming for the Detroit Pistons. Yes, he is a yes, he is a point guard that does score a lot. And yes, the Pistons already have a lot of scores, but what they also need is a floor leader too. And that's what a point guard does. They don't have that right now. I mean, Rodney Stuckey is not a point guard. They've tried playing Rodney Stuckey as a point guard, but Rodney Stuckey is really a two guard. He's at best a hybrid guard. Like to me is like how many true point guards are in the NBA? Good, <sighs> true, like good, true point guards. Nah, they're CP3. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, true, true point guards. Ray John, Rajon Rondo. Uh, Rondo, yeah, Rondo. But I mean, it's the thing is with the Pistons. I'm gonna go ahead and say it right now. Well, I'm. I want to get to this next, but this is what the Pistons were doing. You have to take Brandon Knight. You have to. Who else were they going to take? They, I, I, I don't know. Uh, were they going? Were they going to take Kemba Walker at? Another, another thing I like to describe this as is again, like when the Detroit Lions took Nick Fairley. Yes, they didn't need that position, but it's a. I predicted Nick Fairley to go one, the first overall pick. No, but the Pistons need they need they needed Brandon Knight. Yeah, and the Lions of Dak Calver, a player, fall to you. You can't pass him up. Yes, the 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 Lions didn't necessarily need Nick Fairley. The yeah. the the Pistons needed Brandon Knight. Mm-hmm. Now Brandon Knight, he should have gone number five to the Toronto Raptors. He should have. Who went? Who Toronto take? Jonas Valen- Valenciunas, who probably should have went number four to Cleveland. Which I have no idea why they're we're drafting Tristan Thompson. I said it last night in, um, on the Majors Live that I don't know why they drafted Tristan Thompson because I don't. I, they were probably better off drafting Jonas Valanciunas because he's a better player than Tristan Thompson. And the knock against Valanciunas is that he's not going to be playing in the NBA next year. I'm, I think some radio stations around here were saying that like Tristan Thompson wasn't uh, like he wasn't like a really good athlete. He was just a big man. He's a big man who's going to. I mean, he's gonna. He he just doesn't have a complete game. Mm-hmm. His complete game isn't there. And and when you're picked that high, you should have a, you. It should be a complete game. Well, if you're picked in the top five there, then yeah. I mean, you should have a more of a complete game than, you know, what Tristan Thompson does have. Uh, but, I mean, if you're Cleveland, you draft Jonas Valenciunas, and they're going to have a lottery pick next year, too, Cleveland. So, all of a sudden, if, if Valenciunas comes out next season and you have a lottery pick, then all of a sudden you have two true top five picks coming out next season. So... I don't know. I didn't like what Cleveland did with that pick. 
Um, the Raptors capitalized on that, but the Raptors kind of need help right now as well. And they went and used their first-round pick in a guy that's not going to be coming into the NBA until next season, maybe two years. Um, but Brandon Knight, I mean, he's a guy that the Pistons had to take at that position. Joe Dumars obviously had no idea whatsoever that Brandon Knight was going to end up falling to him with uh, with Charlotte jumping up at number seven. Taking Bismack. And taking Biombo. I mean, that's fine. I thought I thought Charlotte had an extremely good draft, too, taking Biombo at seven and then ended up taking Kemba Walker at nine. D- didn't they end up, like, trading for that pick? They ended up trading, yes. They traded with the Sacramento Kings for the seven pick. Um, but I, I I like that. I like what I like what Charlotte did with that, and you know that's you know that was a good move by Michael Jordan too. I mean, Michael Jordan is another um, general manager out there that really hasn't come into his own. He's so, living off his name right now. Well, yes, yes. Um, but again, as far as Brandon Knight goes, he's going to be a floor leader. He's a smart kid. He's a good kid. He's a character guy in that locker room. He's going to be a leader on this team. That's something that the Pistons didn't have last season, and it's something they needed this season. Um, and they didn't just quit on that. After that, they went and drafted. I know you're calling him the vampire from Twilight, Eric, but they went and they drafted Kyle Singler, small Say, forward, so, small, move. small forward out of Duke. Okay, what they what they did here is they're bringing in another character guy mm-hmm. for the locker room. They're tr- Joe Dumars is trying to reshape that locker room to bring in guys that aren't going to disrespect their coach right you know right in front of them they're not going to you know not listen to the coach on the floor did, did you watch that um, press conference at all uh the when they're introducing them yeah. no i didn't see it because Joe dumars hinted at that a lot i think he was just basically calling out all those veterans and that's good yeah. that's good i'm glad that he did that i wish he, he would have i wish he would have done more of that last season when they were you know just taking a huge dump on Kuster. i mean i know Kuster was a bad coach but you don't do that. No, you don't do it's, that at all. It's very disrespectful. And that's, I mean, and Kyle Singler's a guy, too, that... Um, so four years at Duke. It's four years at Duke, another big-time, obviously big-time program. He's going to come in here, was and he's he, going to compete for that small forward position. Wait, was he the MVP of the when they won the national championship? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but there are some questions about his shot. He shoots a lot, um, but... You know, he's a guy that's going to come in here and he's going to push Austin Day for that small forward job, which is good. You always want competition. So I was okay with this. Competition makes you better. Yes, I was okay with this. I was absolutely okay with this because eventually they went on later in the second round and they got another big they got they got their big man. They finally got their big man in Verlin, Vernon Macklin out of Florida. Um and again, he's another character type guy. Now, when you're dealing with a guy at the end of the second round, you're not exactly sure exactly what he's going to be able to provide for the team. But still, another character guy in there. Um, when he played Butler this past, when Florida pay, played Butler this past oh. season, he was he played very very well against Butler. They yeah, couldn't get inside. No, and I, I I remember watching that game when they had to keep on. Taking it to the passing back to the arc and hoping threes went in. Yeah, so I, I mean, I, this is overall this is an extremely good draft for the Pistons. Mm-hmm. I think I gave them a B plus or an A minus on that. 
Um, I don't know how my calculations ended up uh, going there, but you can check out my draft grade from over at Detroit.TheMajors.net. Um, I really liked the draft, though. I really, really liked what Joe Dumars did with this one. Obviously, that Brandon Knight one, I don't know what other people are thinking when they're dogging that pick, but that was a no-brainer. Joe Dumars had to take Brandon Knight. And if you ask me, this is how this is how I think the, uh, the um, things should match up here, how things should look, well, and... At the guard position, specifically. Um, you think it's Brandon Knight starting at point? It's Brandon Knight starting Stucky at point. Stucky at shooting? No, I'm going with Brand- I'm going with uh, ben, ben Gordon, Gordon at the two. I think Ben Gordon needs to be. This is and this is one of the reasons why Ben Gordon hasn't been producing there and as much as he did when he was in Chicago because he's not getting the playing time. Mm-hmm. He was stuck behind Rodney Stucky, and in some cases he was kind of stuck behind Will Bynum, and then he's stuck behind. Um, Rip Hamilton as well. You need Ben Gordon out there starting at the two. He's a big time scorer, and I think he could. I think he could work in the Pistons system if he's given the playing minutes. In that case, you got to get rid of Rip. You got to do everything you can to. to you got to dump that contract. You got to dump that contract. You got to buy him out. And now what I'm hearing is this new NBA um, collective bargaining they're, agreement. There's a hard cap. They might be doing a hard cap, but they might also give teams the opportunity to rid themselves of a bad contract. Really? And if that's the case, you got to get rid of Rip Hamilton. You yeah. have to. Because now all of a sudden what you can do is you can have Stucky Moonlight as a two-guard, and he could totally be that hybrid guard. You could either put him in as a backup for Brandon Knight or you can have him be that sixth man coming off the bench and be your two-guard for Ben Gordon. Or also you have Will Bynum in there as well to come in and be that two-guard. Will Bynum's not going to be a point guard. He's going to be your two-guard. So if that's the case, you put in Stucky at the point um, coming off the bench, and then you have Will Bynum coming in for Ben Gordon coming off the bench. And that's how things should work. Small forward, you have you can have Austin Dago. Um, you could have Kyle Singler coming off the bench for him, or you can have Kyle Singler push him for that small forward position. Um, now, the Pistons have gotten rid. They're not going to tender Dewan Summers, so Dewan Summers is gone. He's no longer an issue. And you have um, Greg, Monroe. Greg Monroe working that power forward position, or if you have to, you can have him in at center. Now, something the Pistons are going to have to do is they still need another big man. They I've, still need another center to work in there. I've heard talk about them trying to get Chris Kamen from the Clippers. That Chris Kamen rumor has been going on a while now, and he's a central. He's a central Michigan guy. He's, yep. you know, he's. I don't. I've know, seen a shoe at the bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a big um, shoe. <laughs> but he's a. I mean, he's a guy that I would love to have in here. Um, I heard also rumors about. Seeing if Portland gets rid of Greg Oden. There is the Greg Oden um, rumor out there as well. And if you're the Pistons, I mean, what do you really have to lose by bringing Greg Oden in here? I mean, he would, you'd get him cheap. Uh, you'd have to worry about his arthritis. Yeah, you might have to worry about his arthritis a little bit. But, I mean, he's a guy that, he you went, know. He wouldn't want overall. Did he, he went one, number one overall. I think he might have been one overall. Yeah, he was. He w- was. He, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I he definitely top five pick. I can't remember if he was one overall or yeah. not. But um, I would really like Chris Kamen. I would like to see Chris Kamen in here. I think that'd be awesome if he was. If he was. Uh-huh. If they're able to get him, the only trouble is, I don't know what pieces the Pistons are going to have to work with because they're not going to be able to trade Rip Hamilton. 
No. Um, I don't see any team taking on that contract. Well, I, I don't want to say that. I mean, somebody might take on that contract. Dallas Cowboys might. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, in, in Sorry, other I cases. I Jones once. <laughs> I mean, other than that, I again, I really don't know. Because the Pistons are riddled with bad contracts is it, right is now. It like, it's like three years, like thirty-seven million. He has, yeah, he has another, he has another two or three years left in that contract, which, and it's a bad contract. It's a bad contract. Same with Charlie Villanueva. That's another bad contract as well. Um, and he, he's more, he's like, he's a power forward who just doesn't drive the ball. He just well, he's a, he's another scorer that does, he doesn't play defense. Charlie Villanueva doesn't play a lick of defense. Um, but other than that. I really, I'm really excited for the. I hope that you know the NBA. Oh yeah, me. I hope that I hope there's an NBA season next year. They're going to be locked out. I know the deadline's tonight. They're going to be locked out. Um, but you know this Brandon, the addition of Brandon Knight, and I and I and I really like the direction the Pistons are going right now. I I do. I really do like it. Yeah, because before like a couple of years ago, I wasn't one bit interested in basketball. Then uh, my roommate. Gary Pakula, he really got me into it. Like, he started explaining the game to me, and it's before I just thought it was just like running around in circles trying to score. <laughs> but it, it, I actually like sitting down and watching the game now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's and it's going to be fun. I mean, because yeah. Brandon Knight is going to be a superstar. I really think that Brandon Knight is going he to can, be a superstar. Superstar in this league. He can. He can put a team on his shoulders. Care carry on maybe a game or two like sure i mean he, and he's gonna be a leader he's yeah. gonna be a leader on this team um i think that he's going i think he's gonna be i think he's really gonna be like a chauncey billups type player on mm-hmm. this team so mr big shot mr big shot we got mr big shot too hopefully here and he's, and he's not afraid to take those big mr. shots big shot 2.0 that's right anyways though we are going to take another quick commercial break this is detroit sports weekly on tmsnx detroit at the majors.net we'll be right back because I was just making money stealing cars. Well, I was 10 when I first got involved with drugs. I skipped school because, you know, nobody cared. When I first got pregnant, school was not important to me, so I dropped out. I just thought the only way I can make something out of my life is that if I get an education. I still need to go to school to make, make it for myself. Stay in school. Give yourself a chance. I think I'm happier now. I know I'm happier now. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. This is Carl Edwards here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You want to make a difference? It's simple. Be responsible. Plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in. I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? 
Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later, and you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah, and I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. This is Adam Hernandez with a Majors Update. Negotiators for NBA owners and players will meet Thursday in the final hours before the expiration of the collective bargaining agreement, perhaps needing to make significant progress to avoid a lockout. The CBA expires at the end of the day, and the sides remain far apart on, major, on most major issues. After meeting twice a week for, more, for most of the month, this is the only session scheduled this week. The two sides could continue bargaining past the deadline, but that probably requires owners to see evidence of the gap between the sides narrowing Thursday. Otherwise, they could lock out the players for the first time since the 1998-99 season, which was reduced to 50 games. Suspended Notre Dame wide receiver Michael Floyd pleaded guilty Wednesday to misdemeanor drunken driving and was sentenced to a year probation. St. Joseph County Magistrate Brian Stenke gave Floyd a one-year jail sentence that was suspended as part of a plea agreement. He also said Floyd cannot drive for 90 days and once, when he does, he must have an ignition device installed on his vehicle for six months that won't allow it for, to start if his blood alcohol level is too high. The 21 the 21-year-old Floyd was fined 200 and ordered to attend a victim impact panel to hear from people whose family members were killed in drunken driving accidents. And in NHL news, Paul Korea announced his retirement from the NHL on Wednesday after being unable to return from post-concussion symptoms that forced him to miss all of last season. Korea announced the end of his stellar 15-season career in a statement released by his agent, Don Baisley. The former star left wing finished his long NHL stint with the St. Louis Blues. Korea had missed six games in December and January of, 2009-2010 of the 2009-2010 season because of a concussion. It announced last August that he would sit out the entire 2010-11 season after being examined by concussion specialist Dr. Mark Lovell. The 36-year-old Korea scored 402 goals and helped set up 587 others with Anaheim, Colorado, Nashville, and St. Louis. He was also a two-time Lady Bing Trophy winner. For more, check out TheMajors.net. For all you Detroit fans, Detroit.TheMajors.net. In the meantime, we'll get back to Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNXDetroit.TheMajors.net. I'm Adam Hernandez. Welcome back, everybody, to Detroit Sports Weekly on TMSNX Detroit at themajors.net. 734-259-4941 is the number to call in, or you can text net 248-429-7729. We talked a lot about uh, the Pistons draft. We all were very, very happy with, um, extremely pleased. Brandon Knight falling to them at eight was completely unexpected. Um, and I kind of gave you my uh, my ideas for the backcourt and who, they, who should be coming off the bench. And I think Brandon Knight definitely fits into the, what the Pistons um, need to be doing so 
other than that, we're going to move on here. Um, I want to get into a little bit of Tigers talk. We couldn't get to it last week. I want to get to it this week. Um, and this stems from our, uh, you know, we also have our fan question relates, obviously, to the Tigers with Justin Verlander, which is, do you think Justin Verlander will win the AL Cy Young this year? Um, as far as the Tigers go right now, um, they're moving right along. The, tr- the trade deadline is coming up in July. Um, there are rumors going around right now that, you know, are they going to go ahead and get in and see what they can get for Jose Reyes or Carlos Beltran from from New York? And, you know, you wonder what the biggest need is on this team. You know, is it a fifth starter? Is it a, uh, you know, do they need more help at this, with the starting pitching? You know, do they need a corner infielder? Do they need a third baseman, a second baseman? Um, or do they need help in the outfield with a corner outfield, or right field or left field? Um you know what, if you ask me right now, their biggest need is infield help, either at third base or at second base. Um, and if you ask me, I think that they need they, they need a second baseman. They're still feeling the effects of that, of, of not resigning or making the attempt to resign Placido Polanco. I think that that was a horrible, horrible, horrible move by Dave Dombrowski, not even to offer him arbitration and at least get something for him. When he signed with Phil, when he when he ended up signing with the Phillies, um, because they at least would have gotten comp- a compensation pick in the in in the draft to uh, you know for him, but they didn't even offer him that. Um, and, and there's no telling whether or not he would have accepted arbitration from him, but it was worth a shot. And Polanco's still tearing it up right now. And the thing is, is Polanco's playing third base right now for the Phillies, so. You know, I, 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 I hated that move when it happened. I still hate it now um, because now you look at you look at the second base position and the Tigers haven't been able to do anything with that position. Anybody that they plugged in there hasn't worked, whether it be Ryan Rayburn now who, you know, can't hit a beach ball or, you know, Busta Rhymes, Will Rhymes in there. And, you know, they tried Danny Worth. You know, it, it, it's, things aren't working for them at second base. And the guy that they should, I think, be starting at second base, Ramon Santiago, isn't. I think he's their best option right now. You, I mean, you can't tell me that Ryan Rayburn is a better option right now out there than Ramon Santiago. I think Ramon Santiago is extremely underappreciated. And I'm a Jim Leland defender here. I'm a, I'm a Jim Leland defender. I think Jim Leland, I'm going to talk about this here in a second. I think Jim Leland gets way too much too much crap here in Detroit for what he's doing. One, because, yeah, because one, look, where are the Tigers at right now? First. They're in first place. Yes, the division is, it's kind of weak, but they're in, but they're in first place right now. They're, they're over 500. Um, Yes, they got hammered last night by the, by the Mets and they're kind of a streaky team still, but they're in first place. What are you bitching about? And the team that they do have isn't really Jim Leland's fault. Jim Leland is playing with the pieces that he has to play with. If anything, if you want to go ahead and rip um, Dave Dombrowski for some of these, you know, for the, the way the roster is now for Jim Leland having to play Ryan Rayburn at second or for, you know, Brandon Inch having to play third. And that's the thing, too. People will sit there and bitch and complain all they want about, you know, Jim Leland's lineups and everything. And, and again, too, you know, the... One of the things about Jim Leland is him bitching to the reporters about, you know, not asking about them asking questions about the lineup. I don't agree with Jim Leland at all with that. I think reporters need to ask questions about the lineup. That's what their job is. But fans out there who bitch about Jim Leland as far as the lineup goes and, you know, why is he still playing Brandon Inge? 
Okay, you take out Brandon Inge. Who are you playing at third? If you want to play Don Kelly, that's fine. But are you going to sub in Brandon Inge for Don Kelly in other positions? Okay, that, fair enough. That's fine. In the outfield, though, who are you going to be playing out there? Who are you going to be playing at the corner outfielding positions? You know, you have your choice. Do you want to play? Do you want to put Ryan Rayburn back out there? Do you want to put Brennan Bosch? I think Brennan Bosch has been playing pretty good this year so far. I like Brennan Bosch. Andy Dirks is a guy that, you know, seems to be playing well. It seems like a lot of... You ask the questions of what the Tigers fans, of what they should do other than what they're doing right now, and they don't. it seems like a lot of them don't have answers. 734-259-4941, text net 248-429-7729. Um... I don't know. I just think Jim Leland gets way too much crap here than, you know, he should be, considering the Tigers are in first place right now. Now, if the Tigers have another second-half collapse and they, end up, and they end up not making the playoffs, then okay. You know, it's going to be harder to defend Jim Leland in that case. Um, but Jim Leland is... Um, he is responding. It seems like the fans are... You know, really starting to, uh, I don't want to say they're getting to him, but there was an article today in the Detroit News where, um, you know, Jim Leland kind of responds to these fans. He responds to the fans and I really want to get it up here. Let me see here. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Bear with me here while I bring this article up. And I know I can't find it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, but it was written by Tom Gage. It's on, uh, it's on debtnews.com. Even with Tigers in first place, fans beat up on manager Jim Leland. Um, and it's, and again, it just, it just goes on saying, you know, it, it, they uh, get, you know, they get feedback from, uh, from Jeff Rieger of uh, of ninety seven one, you know, where he says that sixty five percent of the callers are anti Leland that he gets um, on WDFN. Um, it's more than that. Program coordinator Marty Martin said, "I'd say seventy five percent of the calls are critical of him." Um, Rieger, meanwhile, has been a target of Leland's anger in the past, including the time he said he was told, "I couldn't come back until I met with him to settle their differences." I'm going to get to, I, I can't defend Leland in that case, the way that he handles the media in some cases where, you know, he doesn't want them asking questions about the lineup. Well, like I said, that's their job to ask questions about the lineup. Um, but I don't know if you, if you think, if you think I'm wrong in this and in saying that I think Leland gets too much, too much criticism here in Detroit, then, you know, call me out on it. 734-259-4941. Text it. 248-429-7729. Leave us feedback on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash themajorsx. Um, but as far as uh, Justin Verlander goes, um, he is hands down the number one candidate right now for the AL Cy Young. This guy is just pitching out of his mind right now. And Eric, you're gonna get you're gonna get the privilege tomorrow of being able to see him pitch. Mm -hmm. And every time he goes out there, it seems like he has he has the potential to throw a no hitter. And he, you almost expect that from him now. You expect him to go deep into games 
with no hits or one hit or two hits and no runs on the board. I mean, that's just what you get from Justin Verlander right now. And this could, this very much is a breakout season. And I think Justin Verlander right now is proving that he is an ace on this team. He is a legitimate ace in Major League Baseball. And, of course, you're going to have the guys going out there and saying that, you know, he's got to pitch more in the postseason. He's got to get that Cy Young award and whatever. That's when I think you're starting to nitpick at things a little bit too much. You just look at how Justin Verlander is dominating right now. He is dominating the opposition. He is overpowering the the opposition. And a lot of it, too, is because of he's grown up as a pitcher. He's not going out there anymore and trying to blow you away with 100-mile-per-hour pitches early in the game. He's really starting to mix up his pitches. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's not going out there, like I said, trying to throw 100 miles per hour and blow you away in the first or second innings. That's why Justin Verlander could still go out there and throw 100-mile-per-hour fastballs in the eighth or ninth innings, which is simply amazing the way that he's able to do that. And like we always say, when he walks someone, he gets pissed. Oh, sure. He, is, he, he gets upset. Now, I don't know how that's going to affect him down the road, how, how you know, frustration is going to set into him, but it seems like right now when Justin Verlander gets frustrated, he gets even more dangerous as a, as a pitcher. You know who he kind of reminds me of, and it might be a bad comparison based off how annoying this guy got, but when Brett Favre used to get mad and used to get angry... Do you remember what Brett Favre used to be like when he got mad and angry against the other team? He would torch him? He would torch him. (laughs) And I I don't know. Maybe that's what's going to happen with Justin Verlander here. Now, hopefully he doesn't go out and start, you know, sending out pictures of his his wang to uh, to people. Yeah, little Justin there. But, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe frustration works for him and he gets pissed off and, you know, starts blowing away the opposition. Um... Other than that, though, I want to get into a look because we are, you know, starting to run short on time here. We've got about 15 minutes left. Um, I want to get a a time is flying by. I want to get into a little bit of the uh, of the Red Wings draft because the Red Wings draft just uh, came and went last Friday. Um, They actually pick someone. Yeah, they. I think the Red Wings had another had an, an excellent draft. They didn't have a first round pick. They actually traded away their first round pick to the. uh, to the Ottawa Senators, uh, and they ended up dropping, I believe, what was it, 11 spots, which, you know what, I'm perfectly fine with, and I'll tell you why, that, and this is something that Aaron Eggemeyer, you know, mentioned to me when we're, when he was, when he was uh, texting me when the draft was happening, um, I really, really do think that the Red Wings, Ken Holland, saw what happened in front of them, especially the pick before that. Um, I think they had a feeling that Pittsburgh was going to end up taking, um, I believe it is Joe Morrow, the defenseman, which is who, obviously who Pittsburgh took. Um, and that's and that's the guy that Detroit wanted. That's the guy that they wanted, and he wasn't there. I believe they are also going to go ahead and set her try and get maybe Oscar Clefbaum that he ended up going um, to Edmonton at 19. Uh, but I really do think that they wanted Joe Morrow. Pittsburgh ended up taking him. So they ended up trading. They went back into the draft and they ended up drafting Thomas Jerko at 35. Now Thomas Jerko is going to be I think he's going to be an extremely good player in the NHL. 
I don't know if you've seen his YouTube videos yet, but go to YouTube, um, type in Thomas Jerko, and this guy potentially could be the next Pavel Datsuk, only bigger and stronger than Pavel Datsuk. He could be a power... Just not an Olympic skater caliber? Yeah, he could be a power forward type of Pavel Datsuk. He has extremely good hands. Extremely good hands. Eric, have you seen YouTube video on this guy? And his puck handling abilities? No, I haven't. I, look him up right now. Look him up right now. Um, um, I'm going to ask a favor then. How the hell do you spell his name? Oh, look. Yeah, he knows you so well. <laughs> <laughs> I started spelling it before he even told me to. Um, but I, I really, really do like what uh, that pick that the Red Wings got. And I know they need a defenseman. Oh, I have the Let's Go Buffalo on here. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it? Yeah, I do hear it. <laughs> Anyways, though, you got it? No, it's Thomas Junko. That's Jerko, J U R C O. Yeah, it was like one of those damn things where it like corrects you. Um, which one do I watch? The hot, just the highlights? Because whatever. I mean, anything is probably gonna, is probably going to be good. But anyways, they ended up getting Thomas oh, Jerko. I watched, I watched the shootout one. Um, they got him with number thirty-five. They got Xavier Alet at uh, at with their second second-round pick, forty-eighth overall. I think he's going to be. Um, I think he's going to be another excellent. Oh my god! Yeah, it's awesome. I don't know if you've seen this one, but oh, oh, he's got it on the stick now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, what's he doing? It's no, it's not, it's on the, it's on the like the shaft of the stick, not the blade. Yeah, I know. It's oh. it's crazy what he's doing. Except he didn't make it, but that's still what the hell. It's crazy, I know. Um, but anyways, they got they got Xavier Alette and um, and Ryan Sproul both in the second round, towards the end of the second round. I think these Great two guys are going to be watching these highlight videos all show now. <laughs> I think these are, are going to be two very very serviceable defensemen for the Red Wings here in the near future. And then they're able to go and get um, another guy that I really really liked is Felipe Houdin. Um, Again, not a not a defenseman. They ended up getting five defensemen in this draft, which I think is absolutely awesome. Um, but this Filippi Houdon, big time hitter, big time hitter, six zero, one ninety seven. Um, I I really like that pick as well. I think that he's another guy that could potentially make a big impact on this team in the near future. And I'm really really happy with the. I'm I'm actually very very comfortable with where the Red Wings are. Um, what they're building towards here in the future because that's the thing against the Red Wings right now is, you know, everybody thinks they're old, but the thing is, yes, they do have some older players on the team. They also have a lot of players in their prime, and they do have some young players on the roster already. They're going to be bringing up Brendan Smith this season and giving him a shot on defense. And You know I say to people who tell them they're old? What's that? They win. They, they win. They keep on winning in that, in that argument. I've said it before. This is an argument that's been going on since the early 2000s that the Red Wings are still old and oh the only thing that they've done from there is won a Stanley Cup in 2002 they won another one in 19 or 2008 so I don't know what I don't know you go on and keep on using that as your argument the Wings are too old they just had another excellent draft here it's like I tell those Michigan fans oh they need to spread their offense is boring well they won yeah so Anyway, look what, look what happened to Michigan over the past three years. They yep. sucked, and they took their fanhood. They accepted mediocrity. I 
mediocrity. Thank you. <laughs> um, as far as some other free agents that the Wings could possibly target here, um, we've seen some moves today. Well, how do you think? What do you think of the uh, Yager contract? The Yager contract, two years. That's pretty much what I expected from uh, you know from. Pittsburgh. I thought it was a uh, one year, two million. One year, two million. Yeah. Did I say two years? Yeah. I'm sorry. One year, two million dollars. That's pretty much what I expected. Um, I told you before the show, Eric, that anything under $3 million I can live with. Ideally, I'd like it to be more around $2 million, um, just because he is a 39-year-old player. And he's 39? Yeah, he's 39. Oh, I thought he was 37. No, I think he's 39. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's 39. Okay. But anyways, um, that, was the, uh, that was the contract that Pittsburgh offered him. Um, and to tell you the truth, I think he's probably going to end up taking that from Pittsburgh. Um, Ken Holland is, they say he's on the phone with them, with his agent, Peter Svoboda. So who knows what's going to be happening from there. Um, there were, um, as far as defense goes, I really, really like James Wisniewski. Um, Montreal recently, as of today, traded his rice to Columbus. Columbus has till Friday at noon Eastern time to try to um, get a contract finalized with James Wisniewski. I don't think it's going to happen. I think James Wisniewski is going to end up becoming a free agent. Then there's also Christian Aronoff out there right now. Vancouver traded his rights to the New York Islanders. And I heard today that the contract that um, that uh, was offered to uh, Christian Aronoff was around uh, 10 or was 10 years for like $60 million, which is a huge, huge contract in hockey. Who is the... Um who is the goalie that the Wings tried to get, and then with the I think with the Devils, did you you know who I'm talking about? Last season, yeah, Nabokov, yeah, Genny Nabokov. Is he gonna be? He screwed himself. He should have went and he should have played with uh, with the Islanders last season because now what happened since he decided not to go to them, not to play from last season. New York, the, the Islanders hold on to his rights for this next okay. season. So, okay, he's he's in a he's in a holding pattern right now. Um, but I really, really like James Wisniewski. I hope I, I hope he doesn't get a deal done with Columbus, so he hits the free agent market. He's a local he's a local guy. He's from Canton. Play with the Whalers. He's from Canton. Yeah, he's from Canton. Um, <laughs> and I think that he's a guy that can be had for about five million dollars. Like four to five, it's like four we to, almost breed hockey players here. That's right. I think he's a guy that can be had for from around four to five million dollars, and I like I like that pickup. I like that pickup for the Wings. He's a gritty guy too. I hated him when he played with Anaheim. I absolutely hated him because he got under the skin of a lot of the players, and he was just, he was just a hard nosed type player and a guy and a guy that I think would work well in Detroit system. So. Other than that, um, 734-259-4941, or you can text in at 248-429-7729. Leave us feedback on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash TheMajorsX. Um, last thing that I want to get to here before we uh, we shut things down this week for, uh, for um, Detroit Sports Weekly is there is a report out of NFL Draft City, um, a somewhat unknown website that uh, Nandi Asamoah, the most probably coveted free agent in this year's uh, free agent uh, market, which there is still not free agency in the NH in the N- or the NFL right now because of the lockout, um, that he's most likely going to sign 
with the Detroit Lions. Let me hold on. Let me get that headline right here. It's on our website right now, uh, over at Detroit.themajors.net. Yeah, I just I just want to make sure I get this right here. Um, this makes me laugh. <laughs> here we go. Is it? Sources: Nandi Asamoah likely to sign with the Lions. Now. I've been a proponent that Nandi Asamoah is not going to sign with the Lions simply because the money is going to be too much and he's going to have offers from other teams that are going to be in a better position to, one, sign him, and they're going to be in a better position to win more games and make a better, bigger splash in the playoffs and potentially have the, you know, be a contender to win the Super Bowl, like the Philadelphia Eagles, like the Green Bay Packers. Um now, the Lions, definitely an upcoming team. The Lions are heading in the right direction, but but they have tons of other holes that they need to be filled right now. They still need, they still, they could use another safety. They could use another cornerback. They, they desperately need, need a linebacker. Go ahead, Eric, go ahead. <laughs> I know you wrote an article today about, about, about Nandi Asimo. So go ahead, I'll let you take this one. Well, let's see. You. Think about who's starting on the Lions defense right now other than the defensive line. You got Ashley Palmer, an outside linebacker. Good player. Got Bobby Carpenter, former first-round pick of the Dallas Cowboys. Good job, Jerry Jones. Bust. And you got DeAndre Levy. Out of those three positions, what one do you need? Outside linebackers. Yep. And DeAndre Levy, if we actually get a a uh, if we sign a middle linebacker, DeAndre Levy said he'd be willing to move to outside linebacker, which I think would be perfect. Because mm-hmm. DeAndre, DeAndre Levy is a good linebacker, but he's not like one of those huge linebackers that'll just rattle your bones mm-hmm. when he hits you. And then you move to the defensive backs. You got Alfonso Smith. Uh, who, I mean, he's, he's, not a, he's, he's, he's not really a starter. No, but he was he was a solid player. On a, a subpar. Very subpar secondary. Yes. You got Louis Delmas, who's... He's going to be a stud. I think yeah. I think Louis Delmas is the only going to improve in this league. So. Yes. And then you got Amari Spivey, a converted cornerback at strong safety. Then you got Chris Houston, who... May not come may, back. May not come back. Especially with the way that the new unrestricted free agency might be working right now. And then you got Nathan Vasher. Huh. <laughs> I'm not going to rip on the Nathan Basher again. Um, who, who of those would you be willing to say, I am comfortable with him covering opposing wide receivers? Uh, the only ones out of those, I would be comfortable with Chris Houston. I'd be comfortable with Louis Delmas. And um, as a backup... Uh, Alfonso Smith. Alfonso Smith. As like a nickelback. Yes. And I'm okay with DeAndre Levy. DeAndre Levy has to stay healthy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Spivay is going to be Spivay is going to end up being a special teams type player, I yes. think. Yes. And then we have to move into special teams. Special teams is a very underrated factor in football. Mm-hmm. If you. Think about this. If you're starting from the 40-yard line instead of the 10, think about how much higher your chances are of, def- of defending them or scoring. 
Not only that, Eric, you've got a on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, they you know yes they have wide receivers. Yes, they it seems like they might have uh, their running back cores pretty much settled with uh, Best and um, what they really need on Lashore. But oh, they they need to start rebuilding the um their um offensive, offensive line because that, that it's an aging offensive line. It is a, it's. Because Dominic Raiola and Jeff Backus have been solid over their careers. Yes, and we've said they've been solid over their careers because they have They've been. not been great. They're not world beaters by no. any means. They're, but they're, they're, they're average. They're serviceable they offensive ho- They lines. hold their own. Yes. yes. Not to mention we saw Dominic Raiola injure Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> um, but then you got Rob Sims, who, which I thought was a phenomenal pickup. Um, signed him for another four years. Then you look onto the other. The right side is by far the weak side of the line you got. Why, Stephen Peterman? Stephen Peterman <laughs> is an okay run blocker, terrible pass blocker. But the thing that gets me is all those damn penalties. He takes up every. It seems like every other snap, he, he there's a penalty on and Stephen then Peterman. You got Goster Cherilis, or Millen Cor- Pick, or Corey said. Hilliard. I, I, you know, I they might be better off starting Corey Hilliard in I place mean, of Goster. Goster is a. He's a big guy. He is a big guy, but he has it. He's he's he he's, has not proved himself. He's a number he's, one pick. He's a was he a top ten pick? No, he was picked seventeenth. Was overall. he a seventeenth overall? But still, and I actually, top twenty pick. Whatever. Actually, I looked that draft up. A lot of linemen were. Jake Long was taken in that draft. Um, Jeff Utah was taken in that draft. I mean, some pretty good offensive line, but but all around that draft wasn't that impressive. I looked. Because I was wondering who was taking that draft. It wasn't all that impressive. But that's no excuse for Dasha Trailers to have that weak play he has. Well, and, and, and the point is here is the Lions have way too many holes mm-hmm. to be filled. And the thing is, is and you said it too in the article, Eric, that... Naomi Osmo is a player you get when you're going to make a run at the Super Bowl or... Champ, or the your conference championship, mm-hmm. you don't get them when you're coming over that hill and you're going to write them a blank check, and then you're going to leave. You're going to take away the pass, but you're going to leave the run open. No, the thing is, too, Eric, is the Lions have money. They yes. have money to sign them. Yeah, absolutely. They have money to sign. They have money to bring Nandi Asimov on board, but sign them to a contract. But the thing is, they don't. Then they wouldn't have the money to sign another linebacker. Nope. Try to get rid of Stephen Peterman and get a guard. Try and get a, uh, they well, try to get another right tackle because so who's going to be playing the other side? Who's going to be playing opposite end of uh, of um, of Nandi Asimov if they sign him? Where's the money going to come at for that? Are you gonna, and who are you going to bring in to uh, to I mean, help out Louis Delmas at safety? If, if they're going to sign Nandi Asimov, most likely Chris Houston will not be here. So I would have to say that it would be Alfonso Smith starting at the other side. And again, too, you're going to be dealing with the same linebacking core. You're still going to be having Bobby Carpenter. Exactly. If Zach Follett comes back, you're going to to be playing Zach Follett in there. And when they run a zone coverage, they'll just attack the linebackers in the pass. Oh, yeah. You'll have those short dump passes. Exactly. you know, and and that's not something that uh, that Nandi Asamoah is going to be able to do anything about. And people are saying all oh, that all, the defensive line will stop that. I mean, no, the defensive line stops the long pass. Yes, and I on average, no, those you're right. Those quick those quick drop passes, those quick screen passes, the the, 
defensive line is going to be able to do anything about that. I, I need if, if the the like the offensive line lays down and takes a nap, they still won't get to the quarterback <laughs> fast enough to stop its quick dump pass. No, the only the only way that you're going to be able to to do anything with a uh, the only way that you're going to be able to offset a quick screen pass is if is you a, blitz. Is a, is a speedy outside linebacker. Yeah, and if you blitz, and the again, such as a Lamar Woodley. Yes. Um, Seven three four two five nine four nine four one. Text in at two four eight four two nine seven seven two nine. Leave us feedback on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the majors X. Um, you know what? Nandi, if they do end up signing Nandi Asamoah, I mean, I'm gonna be. I'll be happy, but I'll be I'll be happy, but you know what? There'll be better options out there. If they go out there, like I I think I said in my article that the player I would like them to sign is either two players, Jonathan Joseph out of Cincinnati, or Ike Taylor from Pittsburgh. What about Carlos Rogers? Carlos Rod, I would like to, yeah, or Carlos Rogers. But, but out of those three, they won't be demanding insane amount of money where you ba- where you can't sign anyone else. And me personally, my favorite player would, be, my ideal player to sign would be Ike Taylor. And all, and if you sign one of those players, if you sign either Ike Taylor, can, um, Carlos Rogers, or Jonathan Joseph, then all of a sudden you can go out and, and offer Stephen Steve Tolick or Keith. Keith Bullock, that's kind of weird that because <laughs> Keith Bullock is a middle linebacker. He's a middle linebacker. He's, he's an, an old he's a, and he's an upgrade. He's an upgrade though yes. over what you have right now. So, th- and if you were able to sign both of them, Stephen Tolick and DeAndre Levy at the outside linebackers, and Keith Bullock in the middle linebacker. Because if Keith Bullock is old, but if he plays middle linebacker, he doesn't have to cover those wide receivers. And that also leaves you money too to bring back Chris Houston. Yes. So. Again, I mean, it's... And then you have a solid team. And yes, I mean, and obviously, Nandi Asamoah is the... He's the, he's the favorite here. I mean, fans would be going crazy, and, and they should. I mean, they should go Detroit crazy. If they, burn. But you have to look... I mean, you have to look at the big picture with all of this. You have to Every, look at... Everyone, it's like when you go to a bar, and you see that bombshell of a, of a woman at the bar. Mm-hmm. But do you go after the bombshell, or do you go after the... the the good-looking one, and because the bombshell, you don't know if she's a bitch. You are, she knows she's good-looking, and she, you kind of lost me in the analogy. You're, uh, you mean the you, the good-looking one that's maybe more of complete that yes. isn't a bitch? Yes, you can actually talk to. Exactly. It won't cheat on you. Um, yep. <laughs> or you go to the bombshell that is a bitch, maybe a bitch. Um, you don't know how long they're gonna be around for. Exactly. It's gonna cost. Good. It's gonna cost you way too much money. Too much, too high maintenance. Exactly. Okay. Thank you for backing me up on that one. (laughs) Anyways, though, um, check out the article that Eric wrote over on Detroit.themajors.net. Very, very good article. Football season is back, and I will be writing more. Um, But, yeah. One thing, too, that I heard today, um, I heard this on um, one of my favorite local guys, Mike Valente, um, said that he believes that the NFL lockout right now is just a smokescreen. And I'm and I'm paraphrasing him a little bit too. It was interesting though what he said, saying that it's kind of an act right now, what's been happening because the NFL is starting to sell the product with Thursday night football and all the different things going on with the so NFL. So basically saying the deal is done. He he thinks that the deal is done. That right now that they're just you know trying to uh, they're trying to milk it a little. I'm trying to milk it a little, yes. Yeah. So I don't know. It was interesting what I. And maybe I'll have something up on it on our website, giving my opinion more of it a little bit more. So, Oh, another thing I wanted to mention before we get off. 
is everyone's blaming Roger Goodell about this lockout. Oh, a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm kind of sick of hearing that because it's really not, it, Roger Goodell didn't lock him out. It was the owners who locked the players yeah. out. And it, it, Roger Goodell is being played as the bad guy when he's just representing the owners because he's the commissioner. Sounds like another good article that you should write. Really? <laughs> Did a little birdie just give me an idea? That's right. Anyways, though, uh, make sure you uh, tune in next week. We'll be back at you again next week, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on TMSNXDetroit.themajors.net. Make sure you stay tuned for Grouty Radio coming up at 8 o'clock. I'll over conversations on, on that. Absolutely, over on TheMajors.net. In the meantime, have a good rest of the week, everybody. For Eric, I'm Adam. We'll see you next time.